Welcome to Eureka Street Crypto. This is my anti-professional crypto channel. I'm just a barely sane dude who fell down the cryptocurrency rabbit hole. This channel is my fumbling attempt to communicate myself outside my own head about my journey in the crypto space. It is basically my brain dump. None of this is actual financial advice. Good morning, everybody. I'm Eureka John, and you're at Eureka Street Crypto, broadcasting live from Leander, Texas. It is April 19th, 2022, and uh, that's my new little intro, my little skateboarder animation guy. Um, yeah, I'd just like to play around with animation, and as if I don't have enough stuff to do, stuff to do um, you know... Don't let yourself get caught down in a bunch of tasks and everything like that. Always try to make time for something you enjoy doing, something that's fun. And um, yeah, yeah, everything else will work out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is uh, my morning video blog, Brain Dump. This is my time as well to kind of break away from a lot of the uh, work I have to do during the day, me having to be an employee, um, a dad, a husband, and everything else. And this is just my time when the house is quiet to uh, do a little research and talk about crypto and kind of collect my thoughts before the day. So none of this is financial advice, that's for sure. This is definitely not an educational channel. And uh, this is just me just kind of uh, looking through some stuff. And you're either voyeur voyeuristically watching me or uh, you're uh, giving me feedback and talking and having a conversation with me. I know a lot of people um, who've uh, you know watched my show have sent me DMs and we've started you know, just ongoing conversations about crypto. And now to the point where we'll even text each other back and forth about, you know, some some cool new developments that have you know, yeah, happened in the crypto space and asking each other's opinion and stuff like that. So, you know, it's pretty cool stuff. Um, this is why I did this, because I started this show uh, October 24th, 2020, and uh, it was just... You know, I, I, it was just me, you know, literally just me exploring crypto. And I just was kind of just put this out there as kind of my message in a bottle to try to find other like-minded people um, who I could talk with to about with crypto with because you know my family's amazing um you know my friends are cool with us my skater friends but they just you know we're not on the same level as far as like uh talking about geeky stuff like this so I literally am in it for the tech you know I mean sure I would love to get rich everybody wants to get rich but like you know I I like being on the ground level and witnessing everything that is happening, I do believe we are in a technological paradigm shift right now. So, you know, it's pretty amazing. And uh, I was there in the 90s, but I was, um, you know, in, in high school, you know, in the 90s. So uh, I didn't quite get it. I, I remember all the dot-com bubble and the, the uh, you know, going from, you know, using things like Encarta, which is a CD-ROM disc as an encyclopedia, or even just having encyclopedia books to having the internet and then to Google happening. But before Google, there was all these other types of search engines, you know, the Netscape Navigator, Ask Jeeves, Alta Vista, Hotbot, you know, there was just tons of different, uh, you know, search engines and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, and, and Yahoo and, you know, it's, it's, Google eventually won out and now we're moving on to privacy, um, search engines. And it's funny because DuckDuckGo just announced they were supposed to be like the, the private one, you know, and uh, they just announced that they're going to be um, deplatforming any um, 
social media or uh, media sites off of their search engine um, <laughs> that uh, aren't what they call legitimate. Isn't that censorship? You know, so they're now kowtowing to the establishment, and censorship is going hard and strong right now, uh, which to me kind of. Um, makes even stronger the case for privacy tokens, the case for Bitcoin, the case for you know um, cryptocurrency in general, because that's why we got into it in the first place was to uh, be able to give the power back to the people, to be able to have an internet money that would uh, be completely um, not private but pseudonymous. Uh, everything is transparent on the blockchain; you can see all activity, um, but. Um, it acts as cash, you know, uh, you know, I wouldn't say cash is totally private either. Um, but it's pseudonymous, you know, it's, it's fungible, which means it, I have a $10 bill and it's the same as your $10 bill and it's $10 bills everywhere. And they're not unique and we can use them interchangeably. We don't need an account to set up in order to use it. Nobody needs to know all our private information and, uh, nobody can necessarily really, you know, track that, one particular $10 bill. However, in crypto and Bitcoin, you can track that, um, the, the path of a particular crypto, unless you run it through something like Tornado Cash or something like that, or Wasabi Wallet, the Whirlpool, or, you know, where it mixes them up. And, you know, or if you're using a privacy token like Monero or something like that. Um, so anyway, I digress. Uh, let's go over here to CoinGecko and see what the screen looks like today. I've been doing a lot of Bitcoin research, um, you know, and, uh, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment, but it's just kind of, there's a lot of FUD when FUD is F-U-D stands for fear, uncertainty, doubt. And it, um, you know, going around about the whole, you know, climate change thing going on and they're blaming Bitcoin mining, um, you know, the amount of power it uses. Yes, it does use a lot of power, but there's a lot of power used in tons of other sectors of society and people aren't even batting an eye at that. Look at the entire credit card industry. Look at the military industrial complex. Look at how many bombs and missiles are being dropped over there in, in uh, Eastern Europe. I'm, but, uh, you know, people just want to blame Bitcoin. And why are they focusing so hard on a tool, you know, that the upside of it is it allows freedom for, for individuals to be able to interact and to, to buy and sell from each other without being registered in any type of particular system. You know, and um, there's there's a, a, a lot of freedom to that. Think about what they're trying to implement with the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. You know, they want to completely destroy our economy and then drop in the CBDCs to be able to give us a UBI income, which is great. UBI, in theory, is amazing. So are a lot of things about communism is amazing. You know, and don't, don't you love the children? Don't you want, you know, everybody to be fed and there to be no hungry? And every, of course, we all want that, you know, but... Once it goes into practice, then you know you have a surveillance society and you have you know control, and so you get airdropped you know a certain amount with a central bank digital currency. It's completely tracked and traced, and uh, you have you have limitations on you know how much you get 
um, how fast you can spend it, where you can spend it, and all that stuff. And what are what conditions do they want to put on it? You know, have you been arrested for marijuana? You know, are you on probation? You know, so you can't buy certain things or go certain places, and you're just locked out of your account. What if you say something on Twitter they don't like? You know, so there's just a lot of things. So Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, a lot of different tokens, privacy tokens, they fix this. You know, and uh, that's that's a more important time than ever to have crypto right now as we enter into the surveillance state as we enter into a metaverse you know and you know the at, everything we're doing is now is digital and so we need to have a cash equivalent that we can use in the digital space and uh, it's not a central bank digital currency that's for sure and uh, it's it's something like bitcoin it's something you know it's it's a crypto and it has to be decentralized and um, yeah, <laughs> so it has to be decentralized, in my opinion. So decentralization is one of the most important things. Um, that uh, it's 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 the reason, and the reason, the raison d'être, to use that phrase, I guess the French phrase. Um, anyway, so um, that's the reason to be is what it literally translates out. Um, it's why it's there. All right, so Coin Gecko, what do you have? Um, you have Bitcoin at $40,777.71. So I've seen on Twitter and stuff like that, some people piling in. Um, Ethereum is at $3,050.62. Things are back in the green a little bit. Um, You know, everything's been kind of bloody red the past couple of days. So naturally everything's a little green right now. It's funny that it's like, you know, some people will be, you know, buying it, into crypto and then just be like blood 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 red 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 for like two straight weeks and then it hits one green day you know and everybody's like yeah even though they lost like a huge portion and they gained like one percent you know it's it's amazing how good a green day will make somebody feel you know so, all right then we got uh tether stable coin binance at 42073 usd stable coin xrp at 76 cents up 10 percent in the past seven days uh Solana at 102.17, Terra at uh, $90.71, up 13.9% in the past 24 hours. What's going on over there? Uh, Cardano up 4.7% in the past 24 hours. Avalanche up 6.4% at 78.05. Polkadot up 4.2% at 18.14. The Dage, uh, 14 cents. Oh, apparently uh, Elon Musk got uh, uh, beat out. Um, as far as his, he was owning like what, 9% of the shares of Twitter. And then BlackRock came in and they bought 13% of the shares of Twitter. So we kind of have this, uh, this battle going on for who's going to own the most shares of Twitter and have control of Twitter because everybody wants control of that, uh, cesspool of, uh, you know, opinionated activity. And I, I like Twitter, you know, but it's a double-edged sword. I don't take everything I hear and you know, see on Twitter for gold. It's just kind of, it's fun. Crypto Twitter is definitely fun. You get all types of opinions. As long as you don't lock yourself in an echo chamber, um, I hear opinions from every side. And I don't necessarily love and agree with everything I hear, and but I try not to let it like tear me up on the inside. <laughs> all right, uh, Near Protocol up 13%. I've been buying Near Protocol. I'm pretty bullish on that at $16.95. Uh, see what else? Kronos, uh, the crypto.com coin up 3.4%. Polygon up 7.2%. I've been seeing, uh, hearing a bunch of murmuring about that lately. Uh, Cosmos up 4.4%. Chain up 4.9% to 1394. And what else do we got in here that is of particular interest to me? 
uh, yeah, to me, yeah, this is my show, my little morning time. So, yeah, I'm not here, here trying to cater to followers. I get all these uh, podcast services and all this other stuff trying to um, to get me to either buy their services or want me to provide links to shill on here and stuff like that. It's not what it's about for me, you know, like, yeah. I just, I might talk about something I enjoy, but this is just my morning blog. Like I'm not sitting here trying to, to wag the dog with my tail. You know, I'm just, uh, um, here just talking about stuff I'm learning. I'm, I'm not trying to grow or gain followers. I'm what, 965 or 64 subscriptions on YouTube, almost a thousand. I'm not even monetized yet. Um, I don't even know how many followers I have on Twitter. I know it's over a thousand now, but that's not the point is what I'm trying to say. I'm just kind of just talking in the morning and just just bleh, venting and that's what it really is it's what it's about for me um so yeah i'm not trying to turn this into some kind of sensational show <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do that for other shows you know um yeah but not not for me um so anyway theta network um up 8.1 percent um so i do hold a pretty good sizable bag i hate to use that word bag but uh yeah that's what it is it's a bag of, of theta network and that's what a lot of the, the crypto shillers say. You know, hold on to your bags, sell your bags, ah! you know, and you see these, you know, YouTube JPEG thumbnails of them just like, you know, the red alarm sounding, ah! their mouths open and stuff like that. It's not what I do, man. Um, so, all right, uh, so I think that's about that. Um, like I said, I've been doing some Bitcoin um, uh, mining research. I was applying to a job uh, to try to do some audiovisual for a company and uh, just kind of researching it. Um, but uh, here's a company here. Now everyone can mine Bitcoin. And another thing that's on the top of my head, like I said, is the whole idea of Bitcoin being like wasteful and you know this whole FUD going around that you know Bitcoin isn't destroying the environment. And even to the point that NFTs are destroying the environment. And NFTs are uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like for instance, Ethereum is going to be the proof of stake pretty soon, you know. And yeah. Is this? Uh, I don't understand what the antagonism is towards something that can be so good as far as people's freedom and, and uh, you know financial security are concerned. You know, and allowing you know nations that are dealing with hyperinflation and oppressive governments to be able to circumvent their government and uh, you know all the, the everything that's happening with their local currency uh, using things like Bitcoin and some other cryptocurrencies. You know, like I just I don't understand why people are so against that but anyway you know I, I like proof of work and I like proof of stake I like them both and I like ethereum and I like Bitcoin I think they are apples and oranges um, they are completely separate technologies um, they are not the same at all they shouldn't even be compared you know that you know, Bitcoin is a store of value. Um, it is a reserve currency, as uh, we can see recently, uh, as far as Terra Luna, um, putting Bitcoin in the reserves, Ter uh, um, the Terra UST, the Terra dollar is a, supposed to be a stable coin, uh, but it was an algorithmic stable coin. But uh, they dealt with some issues and it nearly crashed along with like Olympus and all that other type of stuff. Um, but uh, somebody swooped in and saved the day. And then now they've ended up uh, somebody, a, a few people swooped in and saved the day and saved that token and then they've kind of learned from their mistakes as far as i know and then now um they've bought a ton of bitcoin and have a, a reserve uh, set up in place of bitcoin to back their us
UST in case the algorithm fails again. So, I mean, I think it's kind of a cool like hybrid of an algorithmic stable coin with Bitcoin. Um, so, you know, the, but like I said, Bitcoin has its own specific reasons in the raison d'etre. And, um, you know, Ethereum has its reasons. It's a world computer, you know, it, it's, it's, it's running uh, DeFi. Um, it helps build nfts and that whole system and smart contracts you know bitcoin wasn't made for smart contracts but bitcoin can do smart contracts that's not what a, that's what a lot of people don't know um Bitcoin does have the capability of doing smart contracts, but very basic smart contracts. And it's not the entire smart contract ecosystem like uh, you would find on Ethereum, but Bitcoin can do smart contracts like the Lightning Network, for instance. And a Lightning Network, if you don't know what it is, it's a, a network that allows peer-to-peer -peer payments and that opens these channels for people to be able to do real quick, fast, lightning fast transactions and uh, you know, very cheaply uh, because Bitcoin does take a long time for a transaction to happen. And uh, you could be sitting around waiting 30 minutes to buy that cup of coffee, waiting for the Bitcoin transaction to happen. Lightning Network allows payment channels to go very, very fast and quick. And those are done using some kind of you know, makeshift smart contracts on Bitcoin. Um, so, yeah, you know, and Bitcoin does have uh, uh, layers on top of it. There's things like block stacks. There's things like liquid protocol. Uh, there's RSK that allows NFTs and stuff like that. And, you know, there's you know, counterparty. So there's, there's just a lot of different things you can put on top of Bitcoin and stack on top of it, but it's not really what it's made for, in my opinion. Uh, but I do believe that Bitcoin can be a source of truth and a reserve currency and a store of value. And uh, so I think it's important to mine Bitcoin as well as to have a proof of stake system, possibly with Ethereum, you know, so... Um, I've been researching, again, this whole green argument, and is there really a foothold? Because I want to know, you know, like, is, is something so good also so terrible? I don't think that mining Bitcoin is as bad as a lot of these people are saying it is. And I understand the whole environmentalist, you know, perspective as well. They want to have a clean earth. Um, I want to have a clean earth. Um, you know, I... I still am teetering about as far as the actual damage and the veracity of climate change because you can take statistics and spin it either way. And if you do your proper research and you legitimately look at both sides, then you start to question, you know, a lot of the, the climate change narrative. And, um, you know, I do believe that there is a problem with pollution and I believe that there's a problem with the way humans have been doing things on the earth, but I don't think we're doomed in 30 years to fail. They've been 30 years ago. They said in 30 years, the earth would be failed dead. You know, it's like I, I'm 46 years old now and I've probably seen this climate change argument happen like maybe three times already in my life, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, I, 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 but I do think that there's, you know, like for instance, the whole, you know, everybody was smoking in the seventies and all the cars had terrible pollution and you know you look at pictures of los angeles in the 70s with the smog and stuff it's just yeah it's, you know we've definitely cleaned up a lot you know um so and i do think that we should continue doing stuff like that uh, but anyway um i've been looking at mining and different ways that people are doing mining and uh, here is compass mining they do um 
uh, mining racks-based mining hosting, you know, so they have facilities all around the world and uh, you can basically buy a miner from them. You can finance it in monthly installments and then you can have them host it or they'll just ship you the miner. And I was kind of dubious about it at first, honestly, uh, because my very first experience in the crypto space was me getting scammed by some kind of Bitcoin cloud mining service, you know, where you, you know, you uh, deposit, I've deposited $100 at that time, you know, and this was back in 2018. And I had full faith that I could deposit that $100 and log in daily and look at my account grow well i could certainly do that i could look at my account grow you know and uh, but the second that i tried to like actually pull something out or do something with it then suddenly everything became inaccessible and i could not pull out any of the it was just stuck in there you know and uh, yeah and i tried to email customer service or no response nothing you know and i actually had a customer service that tried to help me you know and um it yeah, they're just they just led me on, you know, and to the point, and then they just stopped responding. So as yeah, it was a scam. Yeah, it was a scam. So I can't even believe they even tried to, you know, uh, attempt customer service. <laughs> But, you know, so I was a little dubious when I saw this. Now everyone can mine Bitcoin and they show these pictures of these rack spaces, you know, of, of supposedly where my Bitcoin miner would be. But you know, the more I dig into it, the more I see that this is totally legit. They have a facility down in the South Congress and down on the Congress in Austin. They have facilities all over the world. Um, you know, you can finance that and then you can log into their dashboard. Um, you know, I think you may even be able to take a tour of the facilities. And like, it's just... Um, it's a pretty cool service, you know, because, and then it talked about like, you know, what is Bitcoin? Uh, what, what is hosting? Okay. Uh, this is, they have a really good educational section and I had an article, um, how to my, how my Bitcoin mining hosting works. Okay. So there's a lot of my ways to mine Bitcoin and, uh, you know, they have these institutional mega miners out there like riot blockchain and stuff like that, which is actually not too far from me. Riot blockchain is probably about an hour from me. It's, um, I'm Northwest Austin and it's like, um, Northeast of Austin, just outside of a town called Taylor. It's in Rockdale. So it's about an hour from me, and uh, it's one of the largest Bitcoin mining operations in the world right now. And uh, they are like a mega miner, you know. And these companies, they get to work with the power companies. You know, they probably pay about half of what me as a residential person would pay in power. And uh, I also learned about power loads and like oscillating power loads. And you know, the power companies will make more power than they need in order to deal with surges, right? And um, you know, if if you are a mega miner, then you know you you work with the power company. They you know kind of have access to that switch. So whenever there's surges in power, they can turn off that company for the time being. You know, in that mining company or sections of it. You know, and uh, in order to so the system does not get overloaded, and they have access to stuff like that. And these are the deals that these types of of uh, facilities work out. You know, they get cheap power, but at the same time, the power companies during times of surges can have access to that. Is that that's the centralization vector? So that is kind of worrisome for people who have decentralization at the top of their mind, but. 
but at the same time, it's a way to work with the power grid to uh, uh, allow so for, you know, because power companies make more power than they're going to use. And so a lot of power that is not used, um, you know, in the down trough of surges between surges, they, they it just kind of goes to waste, you know, so the power is there anyway, might as well let Bitcoiners have it, you know, so, um, yeah. But then you have a lot of mining going on in West Texas. And I was listening to an interview on this Compass Mining uh, website on their podcast. And, uh, you know, you have uh, supposedly, you know, a lot of power, you know, a lot of employment happening in West Texas because of these, uh, which is good. Uh, but at the same time, um, it is driving the cost of power up over in west of te- in the west texas area and so a lot of the people in the towns are paying more for their residential power because of the bitcoin miners so that's a negative about it so there's a lot of positives and negatives and i'm trying to like actually see both sides of everything here going on um, but it's a really interesting topic of mine uh, that, that i'm studying now is this whole you know bitcoin and green energy there's a whole idea of stranded stranded natural gas and then ba- basically just it's basically natural gas in areas where they're drilling for oil and stuff like that, where it's just like they just have to burn off, literally just burn off and just waste. So they have uh, um, these miners that they can put in containers and they just haul them out there to the sites and then they just hook them up to the natural gas as sources of energy. And uh, they, as they're burning off that natural gas, they'll run those Bitcoin miners. And uh, it's a way to bring um, stored value into the world that people can use off of something that was going to be wasted. So, and then they're doing this, there's, there's, there's stranded, um, solar energy, there's stranded, um, hydroelectric energy, there's strand. Well, I don't know about hydroelectric, but there's stranded wind energy, you know, and it's, it's energy that is produced. Yeah. Even hydroelectric, I think is produced by these, these sources, whether it be natural gas, whether it be renewable energies, and it's not used. So, you know, a power grid, like I said, has to make more energy than the demand in order to account for spikes. And so the system doesn't shut down. And so what do they do with that that energy? Nothing. They just have to just like get rid of it. And so there's a way that Bitcoin can come in there and use that. And and you know, really, that's probably one of the most green options you can possibly think of. And I think that's really cool. And that the company that does a lot of the container mining on the, the stranded natural gas is called Great American Mining. And so it, there's a lot of different ways people are doing things. They're getting creative. They're working with the hash algorithms is it's no SHA-256 is like the very first hashing algorithm as far as I know is, is for Bitcoin I'm, I'm that could be totally wrong so yeah but they've been creating different types of, of hashing algorithms that will optimize the energy to make it faster and more efficient they're creating cooling systems immersive cooling for these miners for the you know so here's a, an entire paper you know to for the uh university college london you know optimizing the sha 256 hashing algorithm for faster and more efficient bitcoin mining you know so there's there's a lot of research going on on how to do all this stuff um you could home mine and that's the thing is, is there's a lot of centralized miners, you know, like Riot Blockchain. And, uh, you know, but the thing is, is a lot of the, the centralized miners, um, they uh, require KYC as well. Um, so in order to use a lot of their services, um, home mining, you don't have to use KYC. Um, yeah, so uh, there's... 
centralized and decentralized aspects and uh, there's positives and negatives but home mining i mean literally you're going to buy like a 20,000 5 to 20,000 dollar asic computer miner and have it run in your home it runs at about 175 degrees unless you don't unless you have like the thermal insulated walls or some kind of cooler to put it in that's ventilated and, and then it's going to make your room real hot depending on how many miners you have and then also it's like as loud as a damn hoover vacuum so you know imagine if you have several of those imagine walking into a facility like riot blockchain and there's like 65,000 of these bad boys all humming at the same time like 65,000 vacuums man that's a lot of noise so yeah yeah home mining is, is kind of impractical so let me read this article there's a lot of ways to mine bitcoin there's a lot of information on how to mine bitcoin to sift through the confusion compass has put together a quick guide on what hosting solutions look like at a glance how the retail buyers can benefit and possible drawbacks to the hosting model so what is hosting hosting services store asics at commercial facilities otherwise known as co-location or data centers um, the hosting providers build in one of three ways container style retrofitted or purpose-built, all right? Um, uh, containers use altered shipping containers for hosting miners. Containers have become a popular choice due to their mobile nature and either can use stranded or grid energy. And that's what I was talking about, about going out to these locations, like, for instance, whether it be a wind farm or whether it be a stranded natural gas in South Dakota or something. Yeah, and um, so, yeah. Uh, smelters, mills, or warehouses often serve as retrofitted Bitcoin mines, particularly in deindustrializing states like the American Rust Belt or former Soviet satellite states. Retrofitted mines often use grid energy. Okay, and then uh, purpose-built miners are common among public mining firms such as Riot's Windstone facility in Rockdale, Texas. Purpose-built miners offer high-quality service for machines, but have additional capital requirements that can injure ROI. Periods. All right, and then benefits. Hosting is a matter of cost and convenience. Hosting solutions take care of the downsides to Bitcoin mining, namely the abundant heat and noise and energy requirements. In terms of heat and noise, take the most commonly purchased mining machine on the market today, the Antminer S19. The S19 pulls some 3,000 watts of power and operates at 175 degrees Fahrenheit at over 80 decimals. To translate basic, Bitcoin ASICs are industrial machines not ideal for households, but better relegated to dedicated facilities. <laughs> so, yeah, they're loud and they're hot. Um, so, hosting solutions often have more enviable electrical costs than home mines. Um, handshake deals with energy providers or operating behind the meter, in quotes, means lower cost per megawatt for hosted solutions over alternatives as of november 2021 residential electric rates were 50 percent more expensive than industrial rates according to the department of energy so the downsides of bitcoin hosting um uh, and using a hosting service hosting services can eliminate hassle and hands-on action hold on let me take some sip of my kombucha tea <sighs> But it's not without its limitations. To date, two criticisms are common. Logical constraints to incumbent incumbent to large industrial enterprises and centralization concerns specific to the Bitcoin network. Like any industrial site, Bitcoin miners, mines require numerous inputs to operate at peak efficiency. Sufficient energy, weather control, internet activity, and 24-7 maintenance require large amounts of capital and staff. Delays in one aspect, say a blown transformer, can cause a facility to experience downtime across all machines. Second, network centralization remains a prickly thorn in the Bitcoin mining game. 
Similarly to a custodial wallet holding your token, your Bitcoin, hosting miners with a third party means you do not physically own your hash rate. Rather, it's in the trust and care of another entity. So that's a centralization vector right there. Um, and, you know, I don't know. Your wallet is directly connected to the miner that they host. Um, so you do own your crypto and it's done. Well, it's, I guess you have to have some sort of KYC in order to buy a miner from there. So I don't know uh, how deep that KYC goes. That would be something good to ask. Um, but it's, but they do, but it does go directly to your wallet. So really there's no KYC as far as the transfer of that Bitcoin, as far as I'm, as far as I know that, uh, I need to look into that. All right. Anyway. Because that is an advantage of home mining. There's no KYC. You're mining that coin. And nowadays, um, and in the future, I'll bet, there will be, as, as more of the surveillance happens in society, there will be a high, high premium on non-KYC Bitcoin. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, so, hmm, something to think about. Uh, anyway, in its current industrialized state, Bitcoin mining must almost certainly operate through hosting services. That being said, miners are encouraged to vet hosting solutions thoroughly before handing over ASICs. All right, so you could buy an ASIC and you could take it to an industrial Bitcoin mining hosting facility. And that's basically what this is. Um, so interesting. Um, I didn't know that this existed. You know, I didn't know you could do payments and stuff like that and they could host it for you. And it costs about as much as a boat, basically. Like probably if you're if you're buying a miner and you're having them host it, it's like 600 something bucks a month, maybe. You know, so yeah, it's like an RV or a boat payment or, you know, a, a, a nice car payment or something. Yeah. So something to consider. So maybe, yeah, uh, I don't know if it's for everybody. Not everybody can afford an extra boat payment, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And it's, yeah, for an individual could do it though. That's, that's the point. Yeah. Anyway, common costs. Hosting contracts can come in a variety of lengths, such as 12 or 24-month increments. For example, Compass customers sign the 12-month hosting agreements. Hosting charges are dependent on the facility's kilowatt-per-hour costs, but generally fall within the 5 to $0.07 cent range. Generally speaking, hosting costs are broken into two components, electricity costs and hosting fees. Electrical charges are based on the expected pull of a machine averaged over a month, but experiences may differ by provider. For example, an S19 using 3.25 kilowatts charge at um, 0.062 cents, so about six cents per kilowatt hour, which would cost about 150 bucks per month. Hosting fees include building security, maintenance, and upkeep costs. Hosting fees are typically low and bundled into electrical costs. Um, so overall, overall, hosting services remain the most optimal experience for mining Bitcoin, despite downsides such as delays or network centralization. Hosting provides secure access to hash rates for all level of players. That's interesting. I did I didn't really know much about the hosting part of it. I knew that I could not really mine here. I do have a couple GPUs in my computer. Uh, I've mined Ethereum. I've mined Zilliqa right now. I'm mining Ravencoin. And, uh, you know, so I don't know. It's just um, yeah, interesting stuff to me. This whole you know, mining versus proof of you know, proof of work, proof of stake, the the entire uh, green energy debate in there, um, and, and uh, the whole way in which proof of work is is uh looking to become a little more green friendly which i think is is good you know and uh, um and i when i hear overwhelming fud on a particular argument that's when a lot of red flags pop up for me and i decide you know i really need to dig in and hear the other side of this um because i don't 
think in completely binary terms of good and bad. Everything has a little bit of gray to it. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that being said, I'm out of time. I'm at 34 minutes. Um, I hope you have a good day today. And, um, yeah, so uh, check out this company, uh, Compass Mining, and check out some of the other mining services. Try to dig in a little more. Um, I know you may be, you know, all for proof of stake, and you think that Bitcoin mining is just wasteful and all that stuff. But uh, really force yourself to try to hear the other side and hear hear all the arguments on both sides of things it's really important you know uh and um yeah you know because bitcoin is uh, crypto has bitcoin and crypto DeFi has provided a lot of freedom for a lot of people who would normally not have any other options and i don't want to just see that just being thrown to the wind uh, to just bring on in a surveillance state, um, you know, and to, in order to enslave people, uh, just because, you know, they, they heard some FUD about this stuff. All right. So that being said, I will talk to you guys later. Um, let me go back to this screen and, uh, yeah, I'm off to work. I gotta go, uh, you know, run my car all the way across town, uh, hour and 20 minutes down to San Marcos and go sell some hoes. All right. Talk to you later. Oops. Whoops, wrong one. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically, if you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. Thanks again.